It's not just business, it's personal. Well, you're going, so I got that, so I'm definitely putting that in there. <laughs> you know what? Leave it. I want it in there. Hey guys, I'm Nick McLaughlin, and this is It's Not Just Business, It's Personal, where I connect with people that have anxiety or have overcome anxiety in situations in their life. Um, my passion is genuinely for you to hear this, and if you're going through it right now, or if you you're looking for advice, like I have people that come on or uh, and give their advice, or I talk them through it with my, um, as a, an NLP certified coach uh, that also has been in branding for the past 15 years. So I can help out their businesses as well, but it has to do with business. But today we have somebody who uh, I've known for a, a couple years. His name is Roman Wyden, and he's an incredible human being. He is an entrepreneur and he's a filmmaker with his own podcast. And today we're basically just gonna talk about taking big risks, taking huge risks in your life. When you have kids, you have all these issues, who have anxiety, don't get anxious, feel good. All right, let's go. Thank you for being on the show. Oh, my pleasure, Nick. Uh, all, totally was looking forward to this and uh, I'm excited to uh, just share some experiences and thoughts. Dude, thank, thank you, you, seriously. Like you're, you're always somebody who is, uh, always pushing for that next level. And I'm, I'm so stoked to hear. Um, so what exactly is it that you specifically are passionate about doing um, with your life? Uh, <laughs> and uh, what is the thing wife. that- Yes, I could share that. <laughs> <laughs> sure. And, and, what, and what are you um, talking about today that's really, really important that you, you feel you really want people to hear? Yeah, man. I mean, I'm, I'm a filmmaker at heart, a creative, a storyteller, and I'm working on a documentary on ADHD, which I'm excited to share more about down the road, you know? Um, and, yeah, and I, I, I have, I have heard, I've seen some of your, a snippet of your video. And I do want to say that it, it is something that as someone with ADD, it is, it blew my mind. Like the first minute of it, it's, it's going to be ridiculously beautiful. And, and um, I really connected. I felt like you really understood what it was like. Uh, to understand the pain points of someone with ADD. Mm. That's beautiful. Thank you. Uh, well said. Uh, and I look forward to, to it as well. Uh, it's funny. I always joke. It's like, that's the one project I cannot quit because of my ADHD, right? I, I can't quit, <laughs> I quit a film on ADHD because of ADHD. Are you doing it for instant gratification <laughs> or because you just don't quit things? I just can't quit this one because that's exactly the point, right? Like I, you can have ADHD and be in the zone and be passionate and you can finish something that matters to you. So I got to do it. Anyway, side note, but yeah, um, working on that film and also uh, continuing to do my podcast, which is on intimacy, not just romantic, but intimacy between people. And um, that's a podcast I do called You Love Life, and you were a guest on it, and and I just I love podcasts. That's why. I oh, was that's like, right, I was a guest yeah. on it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you were. It's a great episode. Um, and then I am an investor. I'm a real estate investor, entrepreneur. I use the money that my wife and I had saved, and I invested, and I've been very fortunate over the last ten years. This is my recently completed my tenth uh, real estate transaction, and. Uh, you know, learned Congrats a lot. On that. Thank you. Thank you. And I will share as much as you'd like or as little. And I know we're here to talk about mainly, I think, how to uh, recognize anxiety, push through it, and uh, come out on the other end stronger. Well, that sounds absolutely lovely. I do love yeah. it. Quite love so. It. Um, 
So what's something you you said you had something to share that was uh, a little vulnerable for you, something you don't normally share um, that you felt people had to uh, just would, would support a lot of people. What, what exactly yeah. was that you were saying? Absolutely. And we're talking about money, right? Or making money or uh, in this case, uh, I bought my first commercial property, which Congrats. was a, thank you. Thank you. It was a uh, intense roller coaster type of endeavor for the last seven, eight months. And not literally, right? Like they don't just take you to Six Flags and then <laughs> you buy a house. That would have been nice. I would have loved that. <laughs> you know, I would have loved a little little uh, ride and then a throw up in a paper bag and get it over with. <laughs> it pretty much sounds like real estate in the beginning, exactly. right? It is that, right? And so, but what I wanted to share is like, you know, and you, you should try this sometime. You walk into a room with people and you talk a little bit and then you just start asking people. So like, how much money do you make? Or what's, what do you, you know, what do you make in the, people just get weird because nobody yeah. wants to talk about it. And that's why that's I felt like, you know, and it's private, I get it. And I, so I've haven't shared most of the stuff I'm sharing with you. I haven't shared it with the world because I didn't want to be, Hey, look at me, I'm doing this and I'm fortunate and look at this. Even though I know I'm, I'm fortunate and grateful, I also worked hard for it, but it's just something I just haven't shared. So I'm, I welcome this opportunity to be vulnerable. You know, and, and this is obviously in the context of hoping that it makes a difference for someone else. Not, it's not about me. Um, so I, feel free to ask anything. I'm going to be an open book about anything. Well, I do, I do really appreciate and value your vulnerability. And uh, I, it takes a lot. I know it's really difficult a lot of people don't like talking about money. I personally don't ever really talk about money to people, not even my own family. Like, yeah. it's one of those things, you know, um, people relate how much they make to how much they feel worth, um, you know, and even then if you make really good money, like you don't feel comfortable, you feel judged or you feel, there's so much to it. So yeah. um, I think that's a beautiful thing. So do do go on, sir. Y- yes, uh, lovely. Uh, well, <laughs> I would say, um, you know, when we talk about anxiety around the workplace or the work or your your career or your business, um, I was, to be honest, I'm, I'm 50 and I, you know, I'm supposed to be a grown Wait, man. What? Uh, you told yeah, me you were 21, like well, 20 something times. That's because I look 21, but uh, <laughs> I don't feel 21. Uh, no, I, you know, I I feel like uh, probably in my late 30s. That's the last time I, I decided to age was like when I was 37. So oh, that's, literally. That's a good choice. I, good choice. I, and, and 37 to me means really 25 because I'm still a very... Uh, <laughs> naive at times and, 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 you know, young soul who's learning, but you know, I'm 50. My point is I, I I thought I was a man and a husband and a father and have two kids and I'm 50 and, you know, I got it all together. It's fine. But I'm telling you that during the seven months when I was uh, in the process of buying my first commercial real estate property, there was fear, there was anxiety, there was disappointment, there was even uh, depression. I'm not a very depressed person, but I get days where I'm really hard on myself and really down. So my point is that, you know, we're all human, we're all going to have that. And the more I realized that I pushed through it, um, the more I felt like, oh, I'm getting better at it. I'm getting more confident at it. I'm getting more positive. And so is there one solution and just push through it? Well, what does that mean? Um, I, I had to, and I think I told you this earlier when we talked, I had to really seal myself off in a bubble. Like 
of positivity of like what I'm doing is going to work out, what I'm doing is right, what I'm doing is great. Yeah, you feel forced to at, at a point. Yeah, because everybody has an opinion. Like everyone has an asshole. You know, it's like you you <laughs> have <true>. a right <laughs> you have a right to your opinion, and that's great. But don't I, I just didn't want the influence, and it's not to be ignorant. Like you know, there's a lot of people. Uh, in my life that are very knowledgeable, but a lot of them are stuck in the statistics and in the, well, that, that didn't work out 20 years ago. So why is it going to work out? out. So I, I hermetically sealed myself off and I listened to positive podcasts and audiobooks, And, you know, I, I have my wife as my partner who supported me and, and I, my, my mentors. um, And here's the funny thing. Even at times I had to uh, listen to my mentors and go, I get it, but that doesn't seem, that doesn't feel right to me. And now I just jump to the end of the podcast. God damn it. Uh, the one thing, you know, <laughs> the one thing that actually is needed in order to bypass anxiety is trust in yourself. And that's, that's easier the, said than done, too, though, right? Exactly. It's the hardest thing. You know, I wasn't raised to trust in myself. I wasn't, so, I had to learn it, right? And here we are. Um, so how does that was one do big... that? How, how did you? Oh do that? man, Nick, that's whew, I wasn't prepared for that question. Um, In one half of a word, how do you do that? You start little. You start taking on something that you have a hunch, and you go, "I think I should call this person now because I just thought of them," right? And then you call them and they go, I'm so glad you called because I had a shitty fucking day. Mm-hmm. So then you go, then you go, hey, uh, my intuitive, uh, I call it the internal guidance system. You worked well. Thank you. And you go, I just followed my intuition and it actually brought something constructive, right, for myself and that person. So you mm-hmm. do these little, you trust your what I call impulsivity. And this is funny because you know, you know, you know, as someone with ADHD, we're called impulsive and disruptive. But if you look at the people that are changing the world, like fucking Elon Musk and, and all these guys out there, they're impulsive yeah. in there and they're- They've all um, got it. They run on that. They're disruptors, yeah. And so, um, so my, my point is that we need to trust our own intuitive guidance system and we need to uh, train it like a muscle and we need to hone, like, hone it, fine tune it, right? Um, that's the easiest way to get there. Yeah, I think to, right. I was just I was just going to agree and say like I think it's really about doing less and not more because we constantly make up these thoughts in our minds like I need to do more because this isn't working when reality mm-hmm. is just like hey, do less but just tune into what you already know or tune into what what your gut's really saying, like listen to that. But people yep. don't have faith in themselves to to connect to it. So they, they make up and compensate to try and add more things, you know? Totally. Yeah, I think you said a very important thing. It's like, you know, if we listen to ourselves, like, or we're quiet, then we can get in touch with where we, where we, the true self, wants to go, and then we can slowly go there versus letting media or friends or the past or statistics tell us where we should or shouldn't go. Oh, absolutely. So, so tell me, tell me a bit more about this this money thing. Money. Tell me, uh, sing, sing to me a song about money. Sing to me, money, money, <laughs> money. Um, well, let's see. 
Well, money, uh, if I'm going to start, I'm such a freaking conceptual uh, guy, so bring me back to the fun if I get too carried away. But, you know, money is really just an exchange. I'm so bored. Can you start over? <laughs> yeah, motherfucker, listen up. Um, no, you know, money really is an exchange like of value, right? I always say, uh, if you don't have a lot of money, you don't value yourself. I mean, it's that simple. Mm-hmm. Um, meaning you just... You just need to get in touch with who you are and how amazing you are, and then you will attract more money. I know it sounds simple. Um, so it sounds I too start- good to be true. Like, hey, let me just wish upon a star, and now I'm going to make money. Well, it sounds too good to be true, but it takes a lot of fucking work. And then you mm-hmm. realize it's not really too good to be true. It actually kind of just takes a lot of work, right? And what I started doing is just dealing with my insecurities and my negative dialogues, which cause anxiety, um, you know, through meditation, through, like I said, I brainwash myself every day with positive uh, podcasts and audiobooks. And it truly is brainwashing because if you're washing something, That's it's cleaner. So true. Right? That is so true and interesting because I feel like no matter what you do, you are brainwashing yourself regardless. Yeah. But when you exactly. brainwash yourself with negativity, you're not supporting yourself. You're actually making it so that you're making it difficult. Yeah. You're putting obstacles re- in your way. So if you brainwash with positivity, at least it's training your brain to see something that can help you. But it exactly. doesn't solve your problems. It just nope. it's the foundation that you're building. It's interesting you said that. Yeah, and it's funny because people always say brainwashing is bad. Well, no, brain tainting is bad when you should put Ooh. negative dirt in it, right? But when you brainwash, Roman. huh? Copyright, Copyright Roman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like brainwashing is cleaning something that was dirty, in my opinion. And so, yeah. So I think too good to be true is an interesting statement because, you know, yes, it, it's not. It, it's more nuanced than just believe in yourself or you know see yourself value then you'll attract money but but think about it right we attract a, a, you know a partner of the opposite sex as a guy you attract a hot girl because of your confidence it might be your looks it might be your car but then that's not the right person anyway but to really attract somebody super attractive super beautiful even if you're in in the sort of comparison book if you're not as beautiful as she is your confidence can win that over. And confidence just really means like, like I know I'm an awesome human being and who doesn't want to hang out with awesome human beings? Doesn't oh, matter, yeah. right? I have you some that. friends that they, they're, so, they're, they're so up about, like they stress about like their looks a lot. But then I have yeah. other friends that are, like they've admitted like they're not attractive at all, but they get girls all the time. And it's straight up, like personality has so much to do with it. Like, you know, like a lot of girls that I've talked to, they they just they don't care as much about the looks as guys care about looks. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they really it really is a lot of personality and like, am I responsible? Do I take care of myself? Like, so it's yeah. very true. And you know, this is again a very uh, blanket answer because there's many nuances. But if you look at relationships, and you've you know, Brett Jones is my my mentor, and Love you know Brett, and he's amazing, and he always says he says clearly women need they're looking for safety they want to be taken care of they're looking for safety so even if a woman hooks up with a guy who has a lot of money and cars it's because she thinks she'll be safe because he's got money and she was raised to believe that having more money is safer than not having more money and there's some truth to that right yeah not that it's everybody but it it makes sense but then if you look at like if you see a guy who's not necessarily beautiful in in our uh, human perception book then you know, if he is confident, a woman will feel that 
he will go further than the guy who has money but is is insecure or the guy who has a great body but is insecure so a real woman looking for a partner at that time will go for a guy that has the confidence not the fake you know uh uh, sort of uh like a cockiness like a yeah check me out put let me put rims on a trash can car exactly it's the real <laughs> confidence you know like where you where a man just stands in front of a woman and makes her feel like everything will be okay i'll take care of it right not financially yeah. but like i'll be there no matter what and so i know i think that's good also here, but, mm-hmm. for like reassurance for both sides i think both sides also come down to that but we see it in different lights because it's exactly. also really powerful to have that reassurance you yeah, know. absolutely, absolutely. But and, where does it come uh, back down to you? I'm curious. Say it again. So you were talking about stress. Where does it come back? Bringing it back down to to you and the way you were stressing about this. Yeah. So when we talked about money, right? So uh, money, money in essence is an exchange for value. Is a value exchange, right? You buy something, and this is how much it's worth, and you pay for it. Um. So for me, money was always a big issue. I I always had to believe that I don't really deserve it or I shouldn't really have too much or this is too much or, you know, and it comes from our parents, right? So first I had to realize that my dad uh, was essentially adopted and he adopted also a family business. So he never really had to work harder than just work a lot and make money from the family business. Um, so I grew up sort of thinking, yeah, you work hard, you know, Monday through Friday, and then you have a decent amount of money and it's fine. And so there was a ceiling there. And I had to shatter that ceiling and realize if I really want to take care of my family and really want to be able to do extraordinary things in the world, um, I have to give that up. I have to believe that I deserve millions and like lots of money if I choose to. Like I... That's not what I'm choosing to do right now, but I may eventually, but I deserve whatever I want to attract money-wise. And that's been a 10-year mm-hmm. process, you know, to really say I can now attract, like now money shows up for me. a lifetime. Me. Yeah, it, well, it can be a lifetime, right? And for me now, it's pretty cool. I, I have money show up in my mailbox. Like every week there's a, something that happens and I tell my wife, like, I can't believe this shit. This check just came from something, you know. <laughs> But it's yeah. not a coincidence. Hey, it's money. not. Yeah, it's not a coincidence and it keeps happening. And we're getting metaphysical. But let's go back to the, my stresses, right? My anxieties around money during real estate transactions or during uh, when I was I had a production company with uh, multinational clients and they would give me money to do videos, right? And to produce videos for them. So what I got was, you know, when the money was at stake or we were about to lose the job or we had to deliver something really crazy, like I got really scared. I was like, holy shit. I just got, you know, Procter and Gamble just gave us $400,000 to shoot this commercial. And I've never done anything like this. Yeah. And and like to explain to people who don't know anything about film, like you don't keep all that money. No, no, we kept, you know, as you know, you could pretty much go, what's your, production fee and our production fee was about depending with client like say 20 percent. so what's 20 percent of four hundred thousand? well it's about 80k right so we ended up with 80k minus taxes minus uh some fees you know probably took away 50k now that's a lot but when you have a company with overhead it's not a lot so but but we were fortunate we did a lot of those projects and 
But there was a lot of fear. Like I would come home and I would feel like 18 years old. I would feel like a little boy who's like, I can't do it. I've never done it. You know, they're <laughs> every, gonna find- every 18 year old has that, that voice too. <laughs> exactly. And with some accents, you know, it's not possible. <laughs> I can't do it. You know, um, and so, and I know you talked about the imposter syndrome with Christiane, right? And, and yeah. that's exactly how I felt. I was like, I don't fucking know what I'm doing. I, I, I don't, you know, I'm going to be meeting with these executives and, and one project, we went to Japan and China and we had dinner with the, the creative director of Procter & Gamble, you know, and I'm sitting Ooh, there going fancy. like, you know, I was like, we're eating sushi at this underground restaurant in Tokyo and, and she's talking about something and for a minute I tuned out because I was in my head about like, why the fuck would she sit here and think I'm interesting? I'm some wannabe producer guy who will, you know, is average, maybe a little better than average, but like why? And, and she said something to me. She was like, right? And I was like, oh shit, what did she just say? And you know what I got in that moment was huge. I decided to tell her I wasn't paying attention and here's why. And that was a game changer. I said, uh, her name was Victoria. I said, Victoria, I'm so sorry. I was totally in my head about how amazing this job is. I'm sitting here with you and I'm just a producer. You could have hired other producers and I get to be here. And I was just wow. like insecure in my head about it. And she looked at me, she's like, let's fucking drink some sake. You know? uh, and, dude, that's, that's, <laughs> by the way, that's the moment everybody wants to hear. Like, that everyone yeah. is afraid to do. Like you hear that inner voice. That's you just said out loud what people are afraid to say mm. out loud, and they say yeah. in their heads. So when once you do that, you're giving people permission to say, yeah. "Man, I can just drop the act. This guy's real. I can just say it. I can say whatever I want to say, and they're going to get me. And we can actually connect deeper, yeah. and that actually brings up your worth even more." Absolutely, and it took away the anxiety in that moment. Like I no longer feel less than, or I can't deliver, or. I now was excited to deliver for her because, you know, we're now kind of like friendly and, and authentic. So, yeah. So, so anyway, so, that happens quite well, a lot. Saki bombs. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, the thing is, um, you know, when, when it comes to the anxiety, I think we all, first of all, we all have it because we all have experiences in our past that proved this is in, in little, uh, what do you call them? Excla uh, not exclamation mark, but like apostrophes, the past proved that we're not good enough or that we failed or that mm -hmm. we we are we can't do it right but so what that's the past like fuck it you know try it again and so i kept trying and it kept trying and uh what happened was we would get bigger clients and bigger budgets why because i was willing to carry the responsibility and say guys we can do it we'll deliver right love it and i learned that from my wife because she had her own uh, design agency and for her, it was the same experience. She started small and went really big. And if she was always the one that said, we will deliver above and beyond. And then they did. And that really helped me to see like, wow, the more responsibility I can take on, the more money are pe people willing to give me. It's a direct correlation. Say that again. So the more responsibility one is willing to carry, the more money that person is most likely given to to carry, right? That's very interesting. And that could be a lot of different things too. Like responsibility even could be what you just said before that was, you know, opening up because people will pay for trust. You know, yeah. trust is something that's really important and there's so little of it. You know, there's they'll pay for like blunt opinions. You know, that's why there's survey 
uh, platforms and whatnot because people don't want to hear yes people. They don't want to hear what you just want to hear. They want like, okay, at the end of the day, it's nice, but I need to know, am I protected? So by you being trust, like a trustworthy person, you're bringing more value. So it's not even like what you do necessarily. It's more also like who you are and what you're presenting. And it's like, man, yeah. this person is just valuable. Absolutely. That's, that's something that, um, that I like to, to change success out for is value because success is so stupid. It's just, everybody says, this is what success is. You have no idea what their term is, but value is universal. Everybody knows what value yeah. is off the bat. Well said. Yeah. So to me, success Funny enough, like I just don't like the term success. I do not like it one oh, bit because I think it's something that is purely objective, like, and there's no point of telling anyone else about it. I think it's a secret word for yourself. But even then, when you use it for yourself, it's like, well, that's putting pressure on me in a sense of this is what I should be. But when you're valuable, it's not about other people. It's not about even like what you should be. It's just more this is what I am and I'm, I'm either embracing the shit out of it or I'm not like, yeah. you know, so it's also about doing less and not more for me and owning your less. So interesting. Yeah. And, it's uh, interesting that you say that because I, I looked up the definition of success and it's the accomplishment, accomplishment of a specific aim or purpose. Right. Mm, I see. Cause I think, I think we've attached a lot of meaning to success. It's almost like the S's there's three of them in the word we see dollar signs, right, in this yeah. society. But it's really just saying, hey, this was my intention. I wanted to, you know, have a little house in, in, in nature with my family, <laughs> okay. have enough money to, to live and be happy. And you're like, I have that. I'm successful. Done. Yeah. Right? We, do we just get so... It's like we... Society, we, as a society, we all ruin words. Yeah. It's like, it's like, I love you, mom. Do you really love me? Do you know who I am personally? <laughs> like, it's like... You know, just that's the perfect example, actually, of exactly what I'm talking about is we, we overcomplicate this stuff and make it about something more when it should just be about the less and owning the less and getting the, because when you make it about more, you don't really get the full, the full feeling of the less. Like, yeah, it's like having a cake and then adding more toppings on top and you only eat the toppings and you don't even really know the cake is there. You don't really fully enjoy it. You didn't even need the damn toppings. Just enjoy what you have totally. and presented in front of you like so yeah. to me, like you're right success is, is, it should be so simple um, well what's funny is what, what what actually gives it away is when people say someone's very successful well you can't success is just the accomplishment of an aim or a purpose so how are you very successful you either did it or you yeah. didn't but but that tells me that we measure things and quant like quantitatively right we go well he has five million versus the guy with a million so the five million guy is very successful well that's that's measuring money that's not what success is and i think that's what we have backwards in this country and i think to go back to anxiety that's why a lot of people have anxiety because we feel like a if we don't make this or get this money then we're losers or if we lose the money and then suddenly it'll be gone then we can never have that much money again right the the, the abundance and scarcity thing so if money wasn't the the focus and happiness was, then you could measure success easily. You could see, am I happy ten <laughs> days ten days out of the month or 50, or twenty days out of the month? Oh right? yeah, and like right? there's that Bob Marley quote: 
I mean, you know, money is numbers and uh, ne- numbers never end. And if it takes yep. money to be happy, your search for happiness will never end. I love it. And Absolutely. I feel like we have completely changed what success is about, which is the simplicity of just accomplishing something with, it's about money because that's what we're advertised. You're not happy unless you have this Lambo, dude. You need a yeah. Lambo that's sparkly with like your face on it. And you need to put that that Lambo in your bedroom, you know, and just, it's yeah. just like, so dumb. And I th- I'm starting ends. to see, yeah, I'm starting to see more and more people be like, this isn't even necessary. And all the people that I know that make a lot of money, they got Hondas, bro. Like they don't have that that stupid stuff because it, it's, yeah. it's crazy. Like, you know, did you ever see... Um, Steve Jobs wear anything super ridiculously fancy. He just wore the same thing every day, yeah. but he did it to save time. And exactly. successful people, they care more about their time. I'm not going to say successful. I'm going to say, see, I, even I have it mixed up. Um, people that make good, a lot of money, they care more about their time and they attract money. So uh, yeah. it's just so interesting. Well, you know, it's it's great that you're doing this podcast because I think, and, and you tell me, because you're in a different age group, like you're... I would say, what are the your audiences about? What like maybe mid twenties to early thirties or yeah, early twenties to early thirties around there. Yeah. So I remember, uh, for what it's worth, that in my early twenties I wasn't too concerned about money because I never. Wait, you were twenty? At some point. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't. I don't. I didn't just pop out like this. It was like, (laughs) oh, here's a fifty-year-old baby. (laughs) You know, no, but Benjamin Button right there. But there we go. Um, but it's interesting because I, back then I didn't have kids and responsibilities in the house and a wife. I wasn't really worried about money, but I always had a sense that I will be okay. I think I always felt like, you know what, I'll just work hard and somehow, you know, I always trusted that I'm a good enough person that I will be fine. That was instilled in me by my parents. And, and so I was never worried. Right. And I didn't have a very traumatic upbringing. So I could see how someone who, was told that they're a loser, they'll amount to nothing, or, you know, it's traumatic. Like, you you then walk around, and you really have anxiety. That you really believe that, shit, I don't deserve anything, I'm not good enough, and then that turns into anxiety, and it just gets worse and worse and worse, right? Yeah. And So I, let, so I think... Hmm? Go ahead. I was just going to say, let, so I want to know, like, how this ties in to your, your situation with the real estate and everything, and, like... Yeah. Uh, how you were feeling anxious. What what did you do to get it past that? What did you do to build up the income for that? Like if people don't know how to do that at all or uh, what got in the way? Like, Yeah, um, I think, like I said before, I think we're all human and we all have anxiety. So what I started doing is, first of all, I would acknowledge my anxieties and say, oh, well, today I'm not feeling well because I expected this transaction or this part of the real estate transaction to be turning out the way I wanted to. And I got a call today and it didn't go that way. Right. And then I would see myself kind of depressed and down. So I got early on that how I work is if things go well, I feel great. If things don't go well, I don't feel great. And I didn't like it, you know, and I still, it still happens to me, but less now because after years and years of, like we said, brainwashing myself and really keeping myself positive and trying out to uh, uh, manifest small things and get better at it, you know. But at the time, I felt depressed, you know. I was moping around the house, and my wife is like, are you okay? And I'm like, no, and da-da-da. But she was great, and this is where a great partner comes in. It doesn't have to be a wife. could be a business partner, friend. 
she really gave me the space to say how I felt. And at first I didn't want to say, I feel insecure. I feel like nothing. Because here I am, the man of the house trying to be strong, right? And men, we have that where we feel like we can't be authentic. Uh, Yeah, there's like a big pressure there. Like we always have to be on top of it and feel... You yeah, know. it's kind of the the conundrum is that they, you know, like I said earlier, women are attracted to guys that are confident. But then when we are insecure, uh, yep. you know, two days out of the month, they get fucking worried because they're like, oh shit, is this guy going to crumble, right? Yeah, if this and, guy's always been confident, you know, uh-huh. now he's like not in this, it's like hard to be human a lot, you know, so. Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of guys can relate listening. Like we have this armor we put on and then we don't know if we should ever take it off and reveal the tenderness underneath, right? Yeah. And and with the help of Brett, I realized that there's a way to do it. You don't just go to your wife and go, oh my God, I'm so depressed and I'm nobody, <laughs> right? I'm a loser. You don't do that. You go, you go to your wife and you say, can I just share something? Like that's what I would do with my wife. Can I just share uh, how I feel today with you? And I'll also share with you what caused it. Because once you Love tell them- it that you're in charge of where it got derailed, they're okay, they're with you. They're like, let's figure this out, right? It's all about and, letting go of what it looks like because that mm-hmm. is co- that's more confident than just saying, hey, I'm confident. It's like saying, hey, I'm not confident right now. And yeah. here's why. Like, that's pretty damn, exactly. pretty damn confident right there. And then, you know, then I would just tell my wife, like, this happened and this lender said no and now we're two days behind and I feel like, I feel <sighs> anxious pressure i feel like i'm disappointing the family i feel like it's not going to work out and she would listen and she would say what else what else and i would keep sharing and until i was done and then she would say would you like some advice are you looking for advice and, and thoughts like or, or do you want me just couple. to be yeah my wife is amazing right we've we've done a, enough work to realize that that works and she just says at the end if you don't want any advice or thoughts then i'm good just know that i support you and know that tomorrow will be an, a new day and could you do you need some space do you want to uh, go, ha- uh, you know, go have a, a beard. You want to, ha- what do you want to do? <laughs> you know? And yeah. so then, then I felt like, oh, she listened to me. She's not judging me. She's not afraid that the family's going to crumble. And, and I felt better. And then it was like the next day, sure enough, good things would happen. And so, so that's kind of what, you know, what I think is important. It's important to have a supportive partner. Uh, again, it could be a friend, could be a parent, could be a child, could be a romantic partner. It Teenage doesn't matter. Dreams. Yeah. 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 So that was that and the brainwashing is huge for me. And then the other one is very metaphysical. It's just like starting to manifest things, starting to believe that things will show up and starting to catch yourself when you're in anxiety and negativity. So I would say for most people, uh, I'm assuming a lot of people are worried about their jobs. Are they going to come out of this having work or making money or or ever finding their passion, yeah, it's, right? it's hard not to get distracted by by all that. It's like right in your face, like screaming at you. Mm-hmm. What so do you what think, did you do? Uh, so at your age, just so I understand, you know, just so I can speak to, speak to that context, what is the biggest anxiety for younger people today? I mean, I'm not old, but it is different, right? I mean, uh, different, I, mean I, uh, I can't say, I mean, we're all, we're all different, but for me personally, um, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a dreamer that's become more realist. So I'm somebody that is always looking to improve myself, but at the same time, I just don't want to settle. So for me, it's like, how do I have that balance of like taking care of myself and doing something that brings in money while also being someone that's like feeding the crap out of my dreams, you know, like, mm-hmm. and making that time. Um, and also taking care of my family and surviving and, 
you know, taking care of my girlfriend and just being, being a rock. It's so, it's a lot, it's a lot of pressure to be a rock. Um, and you know, to chase a dream is to go above and beyond past being a rock, you know? So that's, well, so let's, can I use you as an example if, uh, sure. and I don't want to put you on the spot, but um, I know you to be a very vulnerable, open, and, you know, ready to make a difference kind of person, right? Surely. And you can certainly uh, project someone else's onto yours, but I'm just using the the young, male-driven, excited to be successful and happy person. What what do you think are the, the fears? or What's the negative dialogue inside your head when you're and i'll share mine as well when you're in anxiety or fear or depression or whatever right when you're not in possibility what are the the words that you hear oh i've learned to shut it up i mean like i still hear it but i've turned the volume down quite a lot but it's what Mm. i hear faintly is um it's 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 almost like you there's no it's almost like taking a, two different realities. Like you believe you're in one reality and mm. then all, all of a sudden out of nowhere, there's another voice that you know is part of you and it just says, hey, that's all a lie. Like it's not true. Like your word is not as good as my word because my word is more painful and it needs more attention right now. And it's to protect you and you know you should believe me. Yeah. So it's, it's more just not what it says, but the tone of it. Like, it makes me feel like I'm lying to myself. When you hear the neg- negativity? Yeah. It makes, it makes me, it's, it's, that, it's that doubt. But I, I've learned to, like, let that go and just, like, say, oh, thank you. That, I appreciate that. Thank you for letting me know you care. I'm going to keep going now. Um, That's great. Yeah. But, but that That's is something fantastic. that always shows up, even as someone who's always, like, doing my best to be very positive. Um, and I'm a very lively person, but it doesn't go away. It's 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 always there. Yeah. You just learn right. to like let it like if it's a child, like say, Oh, that's nice. Thank you for telling me that. Thank you for telling me that you just poured sand in all my shoes. Thank you for that. I'm gonna go empty that out in a bit. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's like you can't stop him from pouring sand in your shoes, just just whatever. Yeah, and it's interesting because the most of like I mean, um it's an assumption here, but I over time, I've gathered enough evidence to speak about this, and is that usually the dialogues we all have that are negative that, that we hear again and again, there's some version of I'm not good enough, I don't matter, or nobody loves me, or you know, it's it's some version of that. And it all mm-hmm. comes from our childhood. It all comes from how we were raised, not just parents, but teachers, friends, you know, authority, society. And, and we all have it. We all have some form of, I don't matter. Like, it's just, the, it's a human thing because we all want to matter. We want to die knowing that we made a difference or people remember our name or we, you know, there's, some, there's some, something built into us that, that drives us to feel like we matter or we're oh, good absolutely. enough. And so once we know that, it's like, oh, good. We're, we all have the same, the same dialogue in our head. Mine is slightly different than yours and, and just like you said, just catching that, turning the volume down. It's not easy um, because when I'm in it, I'm fucking in it. When I have a, you know, during this transaction, there was many days and now it seems like nothing, but there was many days where I was just like almost biting my nails. I don't bite my nails, but it was just this moment of like, fuck, what am I doing? Like, you know, is this going to work out? Um, 
will I lose all the money we have? Like, will this backfire on me? You know, you got all uh, this pressure with your family and being yeah. in that rock and everything. And somehow I must have gotten past the, the, the tipping point because even if I had negative thoughts, my wife would remind me things are good. I would look around my life and things are great and I would be grateful and I would, you know, there's enough work I had done up until that point to give me strength. And I think that's important is to, to do the work so that when this opportunity comes for you to push past a large or an intense anxiety, you have the courage. You just do it. And that's what I would just do. Like, I just do it. So what was, what was your specific example for you? Um, for, for this for this whole real estate thing, I was so I was buying a commercial property in Connecticut, which I'd never been to Connecticut, and and I don't think I'll ever see the property. Um, and I was purchasing a price. Oh, eBay! Was, you bought it off eBay. I bought it off eBay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, you know, it was through a broker, and we had done some research, but it was basically a property in a state I'd never been to. It was a price range uh, that started. It was a two million dollar building. I'd never been that high. Um, it was uh, a time during the COVID uh, uh, quarantine, right? Never could have predicted that. So everything was just mounting and mounting. And if I had listened to others, uh, you know, my family or my other people in my life, I probably would have quit because really the evidence was all mounted against me. It's all against you. Like there's no freaking yeah. way this is going to work out for you so what what did you do what did you think what like why did you do it like that's a lot of money so yeah it is well i didn't have that much money right you just make a down payment and get a loan um and we we borrowed and we put it together somehow it was just you just make it work but the the anxiety uh like i said it wasn't as strong as it used to be in the past um it would show up and i would just tell myself you know what this is what I told my wife. I said, we can always fucking uh, start over. We can, if we lose everything, I told her, I said, you have to be aligned. I need you to be aligned with this. If we lose everything and we have to start living in like a, a one studio, a studio apartment, right? Somewhere. And we have to sell our cars and we have nothing. We start over. And I told her, then that will just be the lesson that we and the, our kids will get to have and grow from there. If that, I mean, worst case scenario, right? I said, we can always start over. And what, I aligned, what made it, what made it that worth it though? Like you could, you could have done well, but like, if you didn't do well, like that's pretty hard, you know, especially for kids. So what made you, well, what made you like go with that? Well, because I thought that you may say that's hard. I just looked at it like, well, then my kids are going to get a lesson how to start over. It's called re reinvention, right? I've been a big proponent of this word, of this term, and this is relates to the ADHD documentary that you know people with ADHD have have learned or they've been forced. I don't want to get into details, but they've been forced to become reinventors. Um, that's just something very interesting. We do, we do naturally. We just go, oh shit, that didn't work out. Let me try this. Oh, that I'm not interested in this. Now let me go try that. Right. So. I thought to myself, worst case scenario, my kids and of course myself and my wife, we're going to get a massive lesson on how to reinvent ourselves and how to create everything again from nothing. I mean, that's fucking, that, to me, that's worth more than going to, to Stanford or Harvard to get a Man, degree. And, and kids, kids especially learn from example 
So like if they yeah. saw you and that's it, like making the decision from the start, like you're in control from the start and you're vocalizing that and you're, you're telling them this, you know, this could be something that is very risky. If we may, there's a chance this can happen, but watch me, you know, like this, I'm making the decision now that if that happens, I'm prepared to be unprepared. Yeah. Um, opposed to being like, oh, I don't know what to do. I'm just going to focus, you know. Yeah. You were very focused from the start. It doesn't mean that you knew you were going to f- succeed. It just meant like you for sure were going to do what it took to succeed. Yeah, it's almost like I was I was okay with the worst possible outcome first before I mm-hmm. created, created the is. best possible outcome. See, right? I think that's something a lot of people do is they think of the, the best possible outcome first and then they're kind of blinded and then they add the negativity and then the negativity is like adding fish on top of ice cream or something. It's like, ugh. Yeah. As opposed to it being like, Okay, let's start with the fish, and then like let's add maybe some lemon to it, you know, or something. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's surround. It's a whole different meal, is what I'm trying to say. And I'm also kind of just hungry all the time. Um, Me too. Me too. Hungry for success. Hungry. Um, (laughs) Hungry for food. So you just totally changed up the meal, is what you did. You didn't even Mm -hmm. make it about about the the positivity. You were like, I'm gonna drive because I'm focusing on on this, what this negative thing outcome is, but I'm not going to put all my attention on it. Yeah. And you know, I went even deeper with it with my wife and I said, look, ultimately it's the fear of death because ultimately we think that, well, if I going to lose everything and the family can't eat and everything, I said, we'll die. Right. And then I had to be with that and say, well, I don't want to be afraid of dying. I want to be, I want to be living. Right. There's no anxiety. It's just a, an ultimately it's a fear of death. And you you keep projecting negativity in, out in front of you, so that's your future. I didn't want to live that way, and and of course I didn't tell my kids. You know, you want to protect your kids from. You don't want to worry them as well. You don't want to scare them by saying, "Guys, we might lose everything." But you just kind of say, like, you know, one of the favorite things, like we do a little family prayer every every time we eat, and it, we're not like religious people, but we say thank you to life source and the universe, you know. And then at the end, we say. You know, and thank you because everything will always work out for us. And that's beautiful. That's what I want to leave with my kids. Everything will always work out. We're not saying positive, negative, bad, good. You know, it's just going to work out. And that's how my wife and I went into it. And sounds strange, but things worked out, like magically worked out. And so we're blessed. But at the same time, we've done a lot of fucking work. You know, we've mm-hmm. done, my wife and I have done now since 2005, we met, no, three, 17 years of, you know, transformational work. Every year we would take two, three courses in self-development, relationships, wow. parenting, whatever. And we still do. And um, it's never ending. We still don't know shit, you know, but, but, but <laughs> we are. That's a good mentality. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're still novices at everything, but at the same time, we're less anxious. So I guess if anything, I would say, Anxiety can be reduced by continuously growing as a person and uh, identifying what's holding you back, you know, the traumas of life, the triggers, and working through them. And then anxiety just uh, starts to disappear or reduce. It's never going to be gone. Right? So it's just, it's just an acceptance and then just going with it. Like the mm-hmm. sooner you accept it and surrender the sooner you will start to focus on where your where energy really needs to focus on to succeed. Absolutely. And it's interesting because surrender scares a lot of people because what they hear is pushover, right? But yeah. it's, it's not what it is. I have a friend who continuously tells me, it's like, yeah, but I don't want to be a pushover. 
And I said, I said to him, yeah, but you, if you don't surrender, then you're the one pushing someone else over or the universe or reality, and that's not going to go well for you. So if you surrender to what's so at any moment and you see how you can be powerful in the face of it, and that sounds very metaphysical you know, or transformational, but you simply say, oh, I got some anxiety here at, the, at my job. Looks like my boss is going to come over and fire me. You know, and then you just go like, well, if I get fired, I get fired. I'll find another job. Uh, probably wasn't meant to be. But while my boss is coming over, I'm going to be my best self and be confident and I'm going to talk to him and I'm going to be authentic. That can't possibly go wrong. Like that outcome is going to be good no matter how you twist it, I think. Yeah. And like right. the situation isn't going to change. You're, you can only change. And then from that, the situation can change. So mm -hmm. no matter how you feel in a moment, it, it's not going to change the situation. It's how you act in that moment. So that's it's really yeah. interesting. We're, we're always going to feel, right? We're going to have feelings and, and emotions. And definitely, I think, what we're lacking in society is emotional intelligence. We, we have learned how to become very IQ, like knowledge-based academia, right? But we're lacking uh, the emotional intelligence to raise children, healthy children and healthy have healthy relationships. And, you know, and I'm a big proponent that we must have that flip soon or sooner or later, or we, we are kind of taking ourselves out of the game as, as humanity. Um, but at the same time, if we do, then that's just what, so right. Then that's how we learn. But oh, absolutely. I think that the number one intelligence that I would suggest to people would be to communication, like relationships, bosses, anything, because that's almost always the big issue. And mm -hmm. um, studying emotional intelligence statistically proven to improve, uh, increase um, your yearly income by $20,000, like on average. Um, it's insane, like how, how much of an effect learning to communicate can change someone's life. Absolutely. And, you know, it's interesting when we talk about anxiety, right? Like, like we take pills for anxiety, right? People take pills for many different things, ADHD, anxiety, OCD, you name it. There's many what we call disorders that we medicate for. And that's fine. That's a Band-Aid. Like sometimes I have a headache. I want a fucking pill because I don't want a headache for three hours, right? Uh, and breathe through it and drink water and lay down. I just want it to be gone. Like I get that. I don't have a high pain toler tolerance for pain. But as long as we're aware of the fact that underneath the Band-Aid we're putting on this, this wound, you know, is a wound that needs like deeper healing. Um, because it's just going to keep coming back. And I think anxiety, our, our society is now so anxious and we're raising kids to be so anxious. You know, parents are still focused on academics uh, uh, so much so that there's so much pressure that these kids are just freaking out and they're not showing it the way we would. They're just like, you know, closing themselves off and they're digging themselves into video games or they're suddenly starting to do stuff where like, oh, I don't know where that was coming from. So I think it's a very important topic you're taking on. I acknowledge you for, you know, anxiety is one of the big um, sort of red flags or signs that we are not quite equipped to, um, you know, deal with, with, with intense situations in life. Like we don't, we get down on ourselves and then we hang there and then we think that's who we are. So well, I appreciate that, man. A absolutely. And you have seriously like a lot of good intake and um, 
man, your family is like amazing next level communication. Like even and your 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 kids are just watching this and they're gonna grow up so amazing, like just knowing how to communicate with everybody. You're literally making them more successful just by being this man that you are. So oh, uh, thank you. Yeah, I and that's her, that's that. our goal, right? It's like we want to. I want to raise healthy kids that will uh, inspire others, and not not like they have to become leaders. I, I, I people always say, let's raise leaders, and my son's going to be a leader and future leader. Sure, like one of the greatest things I heard recently, I told one of my friends, I said, you know, you're a thought leader, and he's a very uh, uh, special person out there, and public speaker, and you know, coach. And he said, I'm not a thought leader; I'm a thought follower. I follow my thoughts and I follow other people's thoughts so I can make conclusions. I don't pretend that I'm leading on thought, human thought, right? And I thought that was interesting. Like I was first, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. And, he, and then I listened and I was like, he's right. You know, <laughs> we're, we're thought, good, good thought followers, not blind thought followers. Obviously. You had to be a, you had to surrender for that. It's, it's interesting. Like anything that you're afraid of being in the moment, like just surrendered to it like you had to surrender to being a, a follower in that sense and there's so much strength behind it that like you're closed-minded to before it's like no, no there's actually a lot of power in being a follower in a sense yeah yeah and again going back to the the topic i know we get i i deviate a lot um because everything's connected right but i think anxiety in the workplace or anxiety in life is a beautiful thing because it's almost like our emotional intelligence system says it's like a warning light like beep 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 right yep. it's like an area for improvement look you're you're scared uh let's look deeper how come right and and i think for people and i do this more i'm not perfect i do this as much as i can not always but i will admit my anxiety or my fears or my insecurities um and that's so healing. Even just that, if we just did that and said, look, I'm fucking anxious and here's why, you know. <laughs> see, see, everybody else hearing that would be like, man, that guy's so cool. But then they don't do it themselves because they feel anxious, but they don't realize that he's probably say, felt anxious saying it, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, it's, it's just, uh, it takes courage, right? It's vulnerability takes courage and i see this daily with with my family that sometimes i don't say what's on my mind i don't speak it that's why it's important to have mentors and to continue doing the work because they will point it out or you will get another chance to be a lot mentors they're like dude you're screwing this up let's go <laughs> yeah i mean um, we need bouncing boards is what i'm saying we're not the end all like you know it doesn't matter who you are surround yourself with people who hold you accountable, who inspire you, who challenge you, not the ones that complain or not the ones that are the realists. You know, I hate that when people say, well, I'm yep. just being real here. It's like, well, based on what like, reality? What's real? Yeah, whose reality? <laughs> yeah, there's not one reality, but we're overlapping realities here. You have your Nick reality and I have my reality and they overlap right now. Yeah, but and nobody could ever see your reality. They can never do yeah, that. So being realistic is just like a just like success to me it's just like doesn't make sense mm -hmm. when people say it um yeah but hey now we haven't been funny in a while god damn it nick you got me so serious i want to go jump on the trampoline and see what happens oh you know? i'll join you there we need our, yeah. we need our own trampoline trampoline party remote remote zoom trampoline party that sounds amazing right? so do we just ship out trampolines to everybody uh no that would be pretty painful 
or the UPS or FedEx. So, I so guess. people are just <laughs> watching us on trampolines. Yeah, I would on say FaceTime. Yeah, we just have a bunch of people who have to drink like three gallons of water and then they have to go jump <laughs> on the trampoline and see what happens. <laughs> whoever whoever gets off last wins. Exactly. Wins pride. You're, you're the winner. You get the <laughs> crown. Uh, anyway, it, yeah. Did I? Is there anything that I missed that you um, that you feel like we should address? Because no, I think I think that's. Um, I guess I just really quickly, um, within like a sentence or so, just say like what ended up happening really quick. Like you, made, yeah. you made the investment, but I want to get some closure really quick, and then we'll just um, absolutely close it up. Um, and I'm going to try to keep it as short as possible, but basically, uh, you know, we started the process of buying a commercial real estate property in November and that's now what, uh, June. So that's uh, what, six, seven months ish, eight months. And basically the process went fairly normal until, uh, COVID happened in, uh, February. Right. And I stood for positivity. I stood for an extraordinary outcome. I pushed past my anxiety and what ended up happening is that the government had extended a deadline that you need to, uh, in order to get a tax break, uh, who doesn't love a tax break. And so we ended up securing the building at the price that, that I wanted. We ended up um, getting an extension uh, for the lease that the tenant already was on. So we had another three-year extension and we agreed with them on that. And we closed on time. Uh, I was on my father's birthday, which was a beautiful tribute. And it all just went so smoothly in the end and so quickly that I'm still kind of dumbfounded of like, wait, that all worked out. Huh? Okay. Maybe <laughs> I should do that again. You know? So now going back to my point of like trying little things and then increasing the size of things that we can manifest or make possible. Now I feel unstoppable. Now I'm like, okay, let me go to the next level of building. And Still, there's no guarantee, but now I have the confidence that I could do it once. I hopefully, could do it again. You know, let's try one more time. And I think that's how any successful person starts. You know, that's that's just a recipe for success because you keep going and you're not afraid to fail. So I'm no longer afraid to fail. I still have anxiety and will think that I fail, but I think for 85 percent of my day, I'm not in anxiety or fear. Well, and that's you, beautifully said. Yeah, it used to be like, you know, 70%, 60% of oh, wow. my fears. So I've, I've course corrected. And I think anybody can do that with uh, really brainwashing yourself with positivity and with possibility and surrounding yourself with the right people and mentors. I'm just a regular guy. I'm not special at all. You know, if I can do it, you can. You're do special it. to me. Oh, thank you. Appreciate <laughs> that. So lovely what you said. Of course. I, I do think that having a mentor really does help a lot because it needs to be someone who's been down that path because that means, yep. first off, that takes off a lot of anxiety. And second of all, they have experience and they, they can tell you and support you and um, guide you. Like even for birds, they have to jump off a freaking branch. You know, the parents there to help guide them, but you have to, end, at the end of the day, you got to be the one to take the leap. Yep, absolutely. So um, the answer is leap, my friends. <laughs> Were you trying to make that a thing? Are you trying to make that a thing right now? Hashtag leap, my friends. Hashtag. No, they're going to be like, leap, my friends. No, but I'll let my friends leap. I'm not leaping. Leap, my friends, you know? <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's ultimately, and I and this is a joke, but ultimately um, you got to try different drugs, you know? 
you know, my kids will ask me, have you done drugs? And I say, yes. But then I explain it to them, not only what does a drug mean, what does the word mean, and where does it come from, and what kind of drugs have I tried, and what were my results, and what was my intention, and so forth. So it becomes a dialogue around something that makes me human. And then they're like, well, you know, I told them at some point, if, when you get there and you ever feel in life, you need to try a drug, you let your parents know. You, as long as you do it in a safe environment and you're not trying to escape from something, it's totally fine. People do it, you know? So my point is, if we looked at everything in life that way and we just discussed it and we were straight about it, because kids know when we're being hypocrites. And you yourself know when you're being a hypocrite. You're like, I'm not afraid. I'm not anxious. So I'm, I'm going to do this instead of just saying like, no, I'm fucking scared right now. That's what I did a lot with my wife. I said like, I'm overwhelmed. This is huge. I'm really, you know, I feel like buckling. And then people step up and they support, you know, they can listen to your podcast or they can, I talk to my wife or, you know, there is a support network out there if we're being authentic about what we're dealing with and then we can transform. Right. It's all about communication. Um, yep. Be straight. So, so is there anything you want to leave off on? Um, any points you have for people? Last points or uh, anything about your social media? Anything like that? Not really. Um, they can find you. The one, yeah, sure. What's um, your social security? I don't even know what my hashtag handles. All that stuff. You guys are so good at this stuff. I'm just Roman Wyden, and you can just look up Facebook, Instagram, easy to find. Oh, um, I just thought of something for you. Roman uh, Wyden, widening your perspective on ADD. Oh, I like, like it. that. Yeah. The new podcast. There it is. There it is. <laughs> well, I think, I think I would just want to leave people with uh, the, and I'm probably going to butcher the Gandhi quote, but you know, be the change you want to see out in the world. Um, it's so easy nowadays to get wrapped up in who's right, who's wrong, what truth is more important, you know, what race is better, what, who's, which scientist has the real numbers and so forth. It's all just a, a back and forth, who's right, who's wrong. There's no love in that. I would just say, start with loving yourself and, and, uh, and, and just work on that, work on the healing, work on the healing at home in your own comfort and the rest outside of you will transform. That's what I've experienced to be working. I love that. I would like to just add, we've also distorted healing the way that it originally was in my mind. It's not as complicated as you're broken, so you need to heal. It's more of like, yep. there's no problem with just adding more, adding more healing, you know? Absolutely. We're all, he we're all healers. We're all healers. Because Absolutely. Healing. I put a Band-Aid on myself once. I'm technically a healer. <laughs> A big band-aid. Well, that's it. That's it, Nick. That's all I have to say. I hope this is going to be helpful to someone. If it's just helpful to one person, then yay. Uh, but I enjoyed it. Well, I appreciate it, man. Um, and what's the name of your your um, your ADD film so people can check it out? And when does it come out? It's called ADHD is Over, because we say so. And uh, we're expecting to be done in uh, summer 2021. And that's when it'll be out? Yeah. That's my projected date. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Roman. I really do appreciate you being on there and uh, connecting, man. It's always fun talking to you. Um, Same here. And yeah, uh, start that trampoline FaceTime thing, and I'll, I'll jump on it. Bingo. Jumping right. on it. <laughs> Thanks, Nick. Appreciate it. All right, Roman. You too.